Hello, listeners. I welcome you to the Asia-Pacific edition of the Herbert Smith Freehills Construction Law Masters podcast. I am Hugh Kien Hyung, a partner of Herbert Smith Freehills and joint head of construction and infrastructure disputes based in our China offices. I recently had the pleasure to speak with Mr. John Bishop, one of the world's preeminent construction lawyers. John has 50 years of experience in the legal and construction industries. He has handled hundreds of international construction, engineering, and energy-related disputes as counsel, arbitrator, adjudicator, dispute board member, and mediator in many countries around the world. John is currently practicing as a full-time independent arbitrator, we had a very interesting and engaging discussion on a variety of issues relating to the development of construction law and international arbitration. We went as far back as 50 years ago to a time when John had just started his legal career in London as a very young construction lawyer embarking on what eventually turned out to be a stellar career in construction law. You can find the full podcast on our website, and it is also available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. As the full interview is more than an hour long, we have broken down the more interesting parts of the interview into smaller sound bites. In this soundbite, John discusses the use of dispute boards in construction projects and tells us why he is a big fan. I would like to move on to your experience as a dispute board member. And you mentioned that you've had experience with uh, dispute boards uh, since your days uh, on the Channel Tunnel project, uh, albeit you were not a dispute board member. You, you were representing parties, presenting case, your case to, to a dispute board. Um, in some construction projects, uh, in particular ones that are of high value and where the construction period stretches over a significant period of time, we have seen uh, the increasing use of dispute boards as part of a multi-tier dispute resolution process under a contract. Um, for example, we see this provided in the form of a dispute adjudication board in the FIDIC form of contracts. Uh, whereby a reference to the dispute to the DAB is a precondition for a reference to arbitration by the by the parties. Um, I understand you have acted as a dispute board member on a number of projects. Um, I'm interested in hearing your views on the efficacy of dispute boards in the resolution of disputes on construction projects. In particular, uh, it is known that many uh, people or many companies uh, involved in the construction of projects uh, are very wary of dispute boards. Um, are they justified in being wary? Well, let me start by saying I'm a massive fan of dispute boards. Um, I really am. And uh, that's just not my hunch and personal experience because there are many statistical studies being done around the world which you can get from the uh, DRBF, for example, um, that show that contracts with standing dispute boards 
um, suffer much, many less cost overruns and time overruns. Also, um, there are statistics show that the number of uh, contracts, projects that finish up with arbitration are greatly reduced where there's been a dispute adjudication board, um, a standing dispute adjudication board. Uh, as a solicitor, I had uh, both good and bad experiences. Um, I had experience of one uh, matter where you wouldn't know the difference between it and a rather rough and ready arbitration. That's not the role of the dispute board, in my view. And in another, before I got involved, the uh, parties had agreed to appoint three engineers because they thought they were going to deal with a loss and expense claim. And they eventually had to decide the very difficult issues of termination of contract. And they got all the engineering points probably right and all the legal points wrong. So there is, uh, there are techniques to dispute boards, the appointment, nature of the people. But where you have a good, strong dispute board of people who really are experienced and whose stature is such that the parties are inclined to listen to what they say, uh, it can be very effective. It's effective in, in acting in some, uh, some ways in some uh, unseen manners. For example, um, I know uh, Robert Gateskill, who you'll know, is a great uh, a mediator and dispute board member, saying how one of the great functions of the dispute board, the standing dispute board, uh, is the fact that it's coming tomorrow. What he means is that uh, the parties, the contractors, people on site, and the engineers, people on site, think, oh, no, the wretched dispute board's coming tomorrow or the next day, and they're going to ask us what progress there is on this issue or this issue or this issue. Can't tell we haven't done anything, so we better see how far we can go. So lots of disputes, it's suggested, are actually resolved simply because the dispute board's coming. I used When I was in China, I used to uh, lecture about dispute boards because Chinese companies, uh, as you've indicated, usually struck those provisions out of the contract if they could. And I used to say, um, I will give you uh, as long as I need three in my office to persuade you on any project not to strike out these provisions. Um, when I looked into why uh, they struck them out, I'm afraid it was pure ignorance. It was, and this is not true, not only Chinese contracts, it's true around the world. People do not understand what uh, dispute boards are really about and what they can achieve. And uh, there's a failing um, of all of us in the business, and particularly the lawyers advising clients, who haven't looked at the statistical evidence and haven't heard the evidence from experienced users of dispute boards and dispute board members. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.